0: You're listening to The Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's preacher is Pastor Brian Flammey. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Saints, I, I think that the uh, gospel text for this morning about Jesus commanding uh, uh, Peter, Saint Simon Peter to go out into the, the lake of Gennesaret to catch fish, this is especially directed towards pastors. So, maybe we should get Pastor Wolfmuller to come down to the front row so I can preach to him. (laughs) I think it's about, I think it's especially for pastors because it deals with our Lord's command to minister. You know, this is where Jesus tells Simon Peter to follow him, to become a fisher of men. And so it is also with James and John. They take up the full time seminary, (laughs) Uh, they prepare themselves to be full time apostles. Now, I think it's good for you to know this, to know the lesson that Jesus is trying to teach Simon Peter so that, so that you can teach this lesson that Jesus teaches to your pastors. It's so that you can remind your pastors about Christ's promises concerning His holy ministry. It's especially for you to keep your pastors from thinking too highly of themselves as we are wont to do. Now, inasmuch as your your pastors have been called into the office of preaching, the lesson of the catch should and must also encourage you in your divine callings, in the places where God has placed you. Because who you are in this life, who you are in this life always has God's command and it has his blessing. That means that your purpose in life is not a mystery it's not. It's set before you plainly in the Ten Commandments. In the Ten Commandments, you find God's Word for husbands, wives, sons, daughters, rulers, and workers. The Ten Commandments locate your position on life's map. Now, the devil will do everything to keep you from realizing this. And she'll say, Are you sure that you are supposed to honor your father and your mother? You know how much they hurt you when you were growing up. Are you sure that you should be married to this person? Do you really love them? So what does it matter if you are unchaste? For every word of command from from God and for every word of blessing from God... Concerning our station in life, the adversary always hisses, did God really say? But he doesn't stop there. Even if we have the awareness that the Ten Commandments orders our lives in this world, the Ten Commandments are then used by the devil to crush us, to destroy us. You'll say, yes, God has made you a son. Yes, God has made you a daughter. But your sins against your mom and your dad are so great. There are too much for God to ignore. There is no blessing for you, only judgment and death. There are two words that Jesus speaks today in the gospel lesson. I don't know why in the English it has it in four words, but it should be two. Jesus says, fear not. And with these words, with these words, you obtain the greatest calling of all. And with this greatest calling of all, all the other callings fall behind it. That is to say, Jesus, by saying to you, fear not, makes you a Christian. With these words, the Ten Commandments cease to crush you. They don't burden your soul anymore. In fact, the Ten Commandments become your joy. Even if you can't fathom how God's commands and blessings can be kept in your life, you fear not. Because you know you have the power and the might of Christ's promise. The power and the might of His Word. Now, the account of the catch from St. Luke probably happened during the second full year, or probably at the beginning of the second full year of Jesus' public ministry. Simon, Peter, James, and John were already known to the Lord, and, and they knew the Lord. This wasn't the first time that they met. About a year earlier, John the Baptist told them, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And from that time, they started following Jesus. They started learning from him. But as far as we can tell, at a part-time basis, because they were still spending time at their family's nets. Now, is that a bad thing? Did they do wrong by spending time fishing? I don't think so at all. In fact, as fishermen, they were content where God had placed them in this life. And Jesus, far from rebuking them, far from rebuking them, he honors their work. He honors it. So when the people are pressing in on Jesus to hear his word, what does he say? He says to Simon Peter, a lowly fisherman, put out your boat so I can use it as my pulpit today. That's the first thing to take away from this. That without God's explicit command and blessing, we shouldn't covet those things that haven't been given to us. Now, the way the text is usually preached is that Peter, James, and John were not yet true followers of Jesus, right? They hadn't yet abandoned everything for the sake of the Lord. They didn't yet get out of the boats to get with the program. The idea, I suppose, of that sermon, whatever that sermon would be, is that, um, that unless you put away your worldly duties and your worldly jobs and your worldly relationships to dedicate time and energy to following Jesus, to being a true disciple, then you haven't, gotten, you haven't uh, obtained the point of this gospel lesson. But like I said, the fact is that Jesus was pleased that Peter, James, and John spent their time fishing. And it could be that Jesus' first full year of preaching and teaching in Galilee was done around the Sea of Galilee and Capernaum so that these men could tend to their family business while they were also receiving godly instruction from Jesus. And in the same way, I promise you that Jesus honors your humble work and your service towards your neighbor. And so when you ask the question, can I mend the nets and be a genuine follower and disciple of Jesus as well? The answer is, there is no question. Of course you can. You see, Jesus never sets aside the Ten Commandments when he tells you to follow him, when he tells you to be a Christian. Instead, being a Christian, we find joy in honoring our parents, in providing for our neighbors' bodily needs, in loving our spouses, and learning to be content with the things and the gifts that God has given us in our life. Really, the the question that we should ask, concerning our occupations especially, is can I hold my occupation with a clean conscience, right? Can I hold this job and still be a Christian? That is, you know, uh, uh, fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Uh, Can I still make it to church on Sunday, you know? Uh, Does holding this job hurt my neighbor? And if it does, then that is probably something you want to flee. But in most cases probably with all of you, you have an occupation that is good. It's helping your neighbor, and it lets you be in church on Sunday. So that's good. God is happy with you. But in this moment, on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus is about to change everything for Peter, James, and John. Their lives are about to change. Not because of something they decide to do on their own, but because they are about to receive a direct word from Christ himself. You see, the sermon had finished, the crowd started going home, and then Jesus says to Simon Peter, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And then incredibly, with a wonderful confession of faith, uh, Peter says, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, at your word, I will let down the nets. Can you imagine this? So Peter is the expert fisherman. He's been doing it his entire life. His Probably his parents had been fishermen, and the parents that had become before them. His friends were fishermen. They were the experts. They know you don't put out into the middle of the lake to catch fish in the heat of the day. It's not going to work. But Peter knows Christ's word, and he trusts it. And so when Jesus says, do this, he says, amen. The nets were filled. And in this way, Jesus taught Peter that his word is trustworthy. That his word, that faith in his word is never, ever put to shame. Now it's incredible that as soon as Jesus vindicates his word and vindicates the name of the Lord before these men, the devil is soon to spring on Peter. Right? He, he mounts the greatest attack of all. He magnifies in Peter's conscience every sin that he had ever committed. And then he reminded Peter, Do you see whose presence you are standing in? This isn't just a man. This is the Lord. This is God himself. Who are you to stand here in front of him? And just like that, Peter forgets every ounce of kindness that Jesus had been showing to him that whole day. And so at that moment, Peter knew nothing but the terror of judgment and the weight of the law that was crushing his soul. And do you know what he said? Did you know that we have the same temptation to say it also? Peter said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now, is Peter right? Does he, does he deserve to be in the Lord's presence? Of course not. But the right fear that he deserves, and the right judgment that he deserves, is set aside. It's set aside when Jesus says, fear not. Jesus teaches that when God draws close to you, in the person of his Son, through the flesh and blood of Jesus, it's not so that you will hear words of judgment It's so that you will hear words of promise and mercy. You see, Jesus takes the problem of Peter's sin upon himself. Jesus desires Peter's judgment to suffer it. And because Jesus suffers for Peter's sake, in about two years, you know what would happen as he is nailed to the cross. Because Jesus takes that on himself, there is nothing for Peter in that moment from God except words of comfort. Not only does Jesus set aside Peter's guilt, he then gives him a new vocation. He tells him to be his apostle. He says, from now on, you will be catching men. Now, here is the point. Peter has received the word of the Lord. He has a new calling in life. He's going to catch men with what net? The net of the gospel. The very words that Jesus had just used to set Peter's own conscience at peace. And so Peter, James, and John leave everything to follow Jesus, to learn how to cast this gospel, and to become fishers of men. They had Jesus' command, and they also had the blessing of seeing how Jesus' word cannot fail. That when Jesus says, put out into the middle of the lake for a catch, that he does not lie. And so that just as the word of the net was filled with, so just as at his word the nets were filled with fish, so also at his word, the grace of the Holy, uh, so also at his word, The Holy Christian Church is filled with saints. Now, this is a beautiful and comforting lesson, and it's one that your pastors, in the weakness of their flesh, that we're always doubting. You see, like uh, Peter, James, and John, your pastors, and you remember this probably when you tried calling me two years ago, and you succeeded. Thanks be to God. That pastors are also called by God into the office of the holy ministry. They have a word from the Lord to cast the net of the gospel into the world from the pulpit to catch sinners so that they can be saints, members of the Holy Christian Church. But when we try this, what happens? What do we see? (laughs) Oftentimes, the devil will hold before us all of the failures of our fishing attempts, right? Uh, That we'll toil all night and take nothing. And so we'll preach the law to sinners, and we see sinners hardening their hearts. We'll preach the gospel to the despairing, and then we'll see the despairing say to themselves that it's not true that Jesus' words of comfort can't possibly be for them. We'll look at the trend of churches here in the United States and say to ourselves, the membership and participation and giving are all down. What are we doing that's wrong? Could it be that we're using the wrong kind of net? Maybe the word of God is not enough. Maybe we should switch out the net for a rod and a lure <laughs> and entice people in uh, with something that's more comfortable and familiar than the gospel. This is the attack of what we see with our eyes. And it pits us against Christ's promise that His word is enough, it is sufficient, that it alone remains forever. But there's another attack, and this is the second one is of the flesh. You've probably had a suspicion, and I'm going to confirm it for you right now, that your pastors are sinners. Surprising, right? (laughs) And it's good that we know it. And that when we sin, that you tell us about our sins so that we can repent, just as you also repent when you hear about your sins, because we are like you, just Christians. But there is a problem when a pastor can only sin. see his sin and his weakness. And then the pastor then says to himself, How is it that God has chosen me to do the preaching of the word? It must be some big mistake. Something must have gone wrong along the way. And so we're tempted, like Peter, to draw back from Jesus and his word. We're tempted to ignore his kindness and to say with Peter, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. And in those moments, dear saints, it is your duty as Christians in the Holy Christian Church to remind your pastors of what Christ had done with the catching of the fish. You are to remind your pastors that Jesus' words cannot fail, even if you've been tricked into thinking that your preaching and your teaching are for nothing. You are to remind your pastors that babies are being baptized that sinners are being absolved every Sunday, that Jesus' body and blood are being given out for the strengthening of faith and for the salvation of many. Tell them that, yes, you are weak, but don't trust in your own weakness to accomplish anything. It does nothing. Trust in Christ's Word. Hear the words of your Lord and let down the nets, even if it looks like a fool's errand. Now, everything that I have just said up to this point is also also for you. Because, like I said before, you have divine callings. To be a father, a mother, a son, a daughter, a worker, or a ruler. And the devil is always tempting you to think that your labors, or your calling to these vocations, aren't real, right? It's for nothing. It's easy for you also to see the weakness of your flesh and to think that God has made a big mistake by, you know, especially for moms and dads sometimes, uh, that, that God must have made a mistake by giving me children, right? That, that you would be better off without your calling in life. The devil, you see, would have us all imagine that we know better than God what our vocations and our callings should be. He would have us imagine that we know ourselves better than the one who created us, the the one who knows the depths of our hearts, who has numbered every single hair on our heads. In short, he would have us step away from the commandments and their blessings. But Jesus tells you, fear not. Yes, it looks like often that your works come to nothing. And yes, it looks like your flesh is, is totally inept and can do nothing. <laughs> but don't run away. Fear not. Your eyes can deceive you, but Christ's commands and his blessings cannot be broken. Yes, your flesh is weak, but, but Christ strengthens you with his Holy Spirit. Remember that Jesus' own body and blood pl- proves, proves that the Father loves you. And if you have the love of God the Father, then there is no condemnation in the law and the commandments. They are your delight and joy. And in fact, take comfort that God's power is made perfect in your weakness. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.